I was told not to embarrass anyone, but I think this is pretty embarrassing. What do you think, right? Okay. She said, my daughter's like, don't you embarrass me. I'm like, I'm pretty sure my life is going to be an embarrassment for you. That's pretty much how this works, all right? Uh, today, we, the challenge has been given to talk about slaying the Goliath or facing the Goliath that is academics. In case you didn't know, I am a nerd, okay? That is why that, um, um, that and about six extra years of school, uh, a few less hairs on the head, and a few thousand dollars, you can get one of these bad boys too, all right? <laughs> Depending on what school you go to. Your cooperative program dollars at work right here, okay? Y'all don't even know what that is yet, but we'll work on that. All right, so... A uh, quick funny story for you. If you w- don't want to go through what Miss Suzanne and I are going through, there actually is a university in Australia that if you pay about 10, I think it's about $5,000, they will send you references, transcripts, graduation, everything, and you will be a full-fledged PhD from their university for about $5,000, like right now. And, they, and you can even tell them when you want to graduate. I'm kidding you not. It's there. And one of our friends, uh, some of y'all may know Mark Green. He's from this area. I know Bryce. Well, Mark Green's like, and you're just now telling me this? He wanted to know like two years ago about this. He was ready to pass it. So if you just want to bypass it all and like fake it, because there are people that do that, uh, 5000 bucks, it could all be yours. <laughs> I don't recommend it. So anyway, I just thought you might like to know that because you're facing, some of y'all are in standardized testing right now, if I understand this correctly, Right? It's painful, I know. We're fixing to go through finals. I've had to grade stuff. It's no fun. Here's what I want to share with you. Um, This does not define who I am. I thought it would. When I graduated with this, I thought everything would change. And when I moved to Georgia, I thought everything would change. And when I realized that I'm still Brent... My family still has us, and we still are who we are. Life did not just magically change because I got a degree or anybody got a degree. We still had to do life as life was going on, and the world was still revolving 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and life continued. I had to go back and relook at things and go, you know what? I've got to reevaluate where my priorities were because I really believed This is the truth. I really believed that this and getting this degree was going to solve all my problems. I kid you not. What we were going through in Texas was hard. And I thought, if I can just escape, if I can just graduate, everything's going to be okay. And I can tell you it still was the same no matter where you run and where you go. So there's got to be more to life than just this. Or, in your case, a piece of paper, diploma, or a BA degree, diploma, or an MA or MBA degree. It doesn't matter how high up the chain you go, it does, the ultimate pursuit is something far greater. Okay, so let me start there. There are some of you who are like, please do not. I'm going to take this off, Zeb, just so you know, in case it hits the mic. Okay, because this is a chokehold, all right? My little ropes broke, Suzanne, it broke, and so it chokes me to death. Okay. There are some of you that are like, I don't want this, I don't want any part of it. In fact, academics and you do not get along. 
You can't stand it. You don't like it. You don't even put the effort in. Why bother? Why try? There are others of you that say, no matter how hard I try, I can't get over and accomplish what I want to accomplish. Meaning you may struggle with C's your whole life. And you've struggled just to make C's. And you've pounded and you've worked so hard and you've studied so hard. And you're still making C's. Let me just, can I share a message of hope with you this morning? Or this morning, golly, it's like I'm preaching. I guess it's the robe talking. Um, can I just share a message of hope with you on that regard? Proverbs 1.7 says something that's really powerful here. Proverbs 1.7 says that the beginning, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If that is true, and that is a promise of God given to us by Solomon to his son, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and he does it more than once. He also does it in Proverbs chapter 9 as well. If that is true, that means that if I fear the Lord, that I'll automatically start becoming smarter. And I really do believe that. Because, and I will tell you, so the sciences believe that too. Because the, it has been statistically proven, if you read your Bible, you will get smarter. Your grades will go up. It's been proven. I'm just suggesting that following after God can actually start a process of growth for you well beyond just spiritual growth as well. It can be emotional growth, mental growth, physical growth. There's a lot of things that can come into play with the relationship with God. I'm just laying that out there as a possibility for something to consider. Maybe God's calling some of you to give your life to Christ. Just saying. Now, let's talk about the rest the other part of this, which is high elevated stress, right? Related to academics. This was stressful. Okay? We spend hours doing athletic competitions, and then we have hours of homework, and then we're told you need to fill up transcripts, we need to fill out scholarship applications, and I know I'm talking to some upperclassmen here, um, you, the junior high guys and gals, this is the expectation. Some of you have advanced classes. If you're in eighth grade, you may be taking pre-algebra right now. You're working towards some advanced classes. Um, there are expectations of us. You need to be doing stuff. You need to be working hard. You need to be reading. You, you need to be in school. Um, it can elevate to a point where it overwhelms us. And we talked about being overwhelmed last week. Some of our depression and anxiety could actually be academically related. Uh, because it's so, the expectations being poured out on us by teachers, coaches, parents, recruiters, whoever the case may be, all saying, we need you to do this, we need you to do this, we need you to do this. And you're sitting there thinking, I'm giving you everything I've got, I've got nothing left. So I want us to look at Scripture because I think there's some, there's some elements here. Going back to Proverbs chapter 1 where we've got to submit ourselves back to God if we're really going to face this Goliath called academics. No matter where you're at in your academic journey, and that's either if you're 6th grade or about to graduate, or if you're making D's and C's or making straight A's and you can, it doesn't bother you to make A's. It's just it's easy. It doesn't matter where you're at in any of this scenario. It still comes back to a Proverbs 1-7 that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 
All right, so let's look at a couple of things together. Matthew chapter 6 is where I want to start. Actually, I don't want to start there. Is that okay if I don't start there? Because I didn't have my notes up. And I want to go to Colossians chapter 3. Let's go to Colossians chapter 3, and then we'll go back to Matthew chapter 6. I can find it. G-E-P-H, Georgia Electric Power Company, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. We used to call it Go Eat Popcorn until I moved here because we didn't have Georgia in Texas. So we used to call it Go Eat Popcorn. And then I moved here and it's like, oh, Georgia Electric Power Company. That works way better. It's easy to remember. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. If you get to, uh, what is it after, get after, get to like First and Second Thessalonians, you've gone too far. Chapter 3, and I want to read 12 through 17. Or 12 through 16. I'm in Philippians. That won't work. I guess we could read Philippians, but it wouldn't make any sense, huh? All right. 12 through 17. Here's, what, here's the question I want you to ask yourself. Do I feel this way when I think about academics? All right. Number 12. Or verse 12. Here we go. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And 17, And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So the question we have to ask ourselves is, all right, does that apply to my academics, or does that how I feel and think in my academics, am I humble? Am I compassionate? Am I kind? Am I patient? Um, am I at peace? Do I do it for the Lord? We used to have a saying, if you can't say amen, you have to say ouch. Basically meaning, ooh, this is tough. This is some tough stuff. It's tough to deal with. It's tough to accept and, and embrace. Here's what I want you to think about in relation to the, these ideas. Number one is, even as a 6th, 7th, and 8th grader, what you're doing right now is not to get just a high school diploma. It's not just about graduating high school. My desire for you is to be a man or a woman who grows up to be a godly man or godly woman, even now, from, the, from this point starting. So what you're doing in 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, or 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th grade, is preparing you to be an adult. To be a man and woman of God. I knew in 2002 that I would get one of these. I watched a group of guys walk across the stage and get these. And I said, I want one too. That's when God called me to get a PhD. I did not start my PhD program until 2008. I actually left school. The professors are there going, you need to stay, you need to stay, you need to stay, you need to stay. And I said, no, i got to go learn how to do life first before I can come back to school. 
So I left and I went to Arkansas, spent two and a half years in Arkansas. We moved back to Texas, spent three more years in Texas doing ministry before I started this school. And then it took six years, long years, to do this. Okay? But it's a calling to get an education. But, I, but the purpose of this was not to just get a piece of paper. In that process was growing up and learning how to do life. Because I knew it was more than just being smart. This is not about being smart. This is about endurance. And a little bit of stupidity. Amen? Back there? Okay. Would you agree with that? A little bit of stupidity? Okay. No. All right. So it's about growing up to being a man or a woman of God. Now here we go a step further. If it's about becoming a man or woman of God, then why am I still so stressed? Why am I worried? Why am I scared? Why am I up late at night? Why do I feel all this weight of everybody's pressure on me to do well? Why do I put a lot of pressure on myself to do well? Can I just nudge against that a little bit and challenge it? Can we go look at Matthew chapter 6 for just a second? I had a radical um, epiphany, a radical idea a few years ago. Um, and I, every, every now and then I apply it to my life, and then other days I fall right back in the boat and face the Goliath that is, life and stress and I just take on stress and hug it and squeeze it and love on it and go Ooh, stress is awesome I don't think you probably do that but you get the idea Matthew chapter 6 gives us an idea of the overwhelmingness of life and the worry that comes with the expectations of life and then Jesus speaks to this and gives us a challenge here and I want us to challenge give ourselves the same challenge And then we'll go back to Colossians chapter 3. All right. Verse 25 is where we're going to start. Because part of academics and facing the Goliath is the stress of deadlines and dues and expectations and all that. Here's what the Bible says. Therefore, I tell you, verse 25, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, or what test you will take, or, oh wait, that's not in there. Basic needs and then everything else on top too are all included in this. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Basically saying, isn't life more than just tests? Thank goodness. Thank you, Lord. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, look at life. It says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? Or of more value than they? And which of you, being by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your Heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Most important verse right here. But seek first the kingdom of God. Proverbs 1, 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. Same thing. 
Seek first him, and all these things will be added to you. And the procrastinator's verse in the Bible, right here. If you're a procrastinator, this is your verse. You ready? Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Meaning, eh, do it tomorrow. That's not exactly what it means. But when I was in high school, that's exactly what I thought it meant. Yes, Jesus says, put it off till tomorrow. I'm going to do it. Actually, what it means is you can't control tomorrow. The only thing you can control is today. All right. So are you ready to take the biggest Christian spiritual growth leap of your entire life? This is huge. This was the scariest thing I've ever done in my Christian life right here. I promise you it is the scariest thing I've ever done. I allowed a day to be 24 hours long. Kid you not, that was the scariest thing I've ever done in my entire life is to allow a day to be 24 hours long. Think about it. How many of you have stayed up till 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning studying for something? Anybody? Why? Because we're scared to death we don't know it. We're terrified. Not to mention all the other stuff we got going on in our day. I have done it. Writing papers or whatever. I will sacrifice things that are important. Church, family, food. Well, maybe not food. Because I'm so scared about tomorrow. The deadline. Some of you may be top A's. The deadline may be a week and a half away, and you're still staying up till 1 o'clock in the morning doing it. That's my wife. She's not here. She can't defend herself. Here's what happened when I, I decided to try this one semester in school. I decided one semester in school, I said, you know what? I'm going to let 24 hours in a day be 24 hours in a day. Now, you have to hear all of this, or you, you will epically fail, Okay? Not just fail, but epically fail. So you have to catch all of this here. <clears throat> when, all right, so here we're, we're starting now. I was disciplined, so when it was time to get up, I got up. Did not sleep in. Bible talks about that. If you sleep late, you don't eat. Okay? But when it was time to go to bed, 10 o'clock at night, I got sleepy. My mind stopped working. I didn't load up on caffeine. I didn't load up on sugars. I didn't try to play a bunch of stuff in my head to try to keep myself up. I trusted God and my, that God was telling my body it was time to go to bed, and I went to bed. Because I was saying, God is telling me 24 hours in today, and I, and I trusted him. Bless you. But here's what else I had to do. I also had to be disciplined with how I spent the rest of my life of the 24 hours in a day. Catch this. That means... My tablet went away. Netflix and chill went away. My gaming system went up in a closet. That's where we start losing life, is all the other stuff we try to add to it. God is saying very clearly to us, I've given you 24 hours to accomplish everything in the, that you need to accomplish. We talk, I take prayer requests in all my classes, and every time I get the same ones. Give me time and energy to get the work done. I need to get work done. And then I look on, net, on Instagram, 
Guess where they're not? In the library. Okay? I'm like, God's speaking, but we're not listening. I'm fine with you doing extracurricular activities, sports, but how many of them? How about the ones you're passionate about, not the ones everybody expects you to do? I had a guy in high school when I was in, uh, in Texas. He came to me and said, my dad's going to kill me. I said, would you mind telling me first so I know whether or not to defend you or not? He said, I'm playing football and I'm in band, but I know God's called me to be the, band ma- the drum major for the band, so I need to quit football. I said, yeah, your dad's going to kill you. But he recognized where, from a spiritual perspective, what was most important to him. Was he a decent football player? Yeah, he was a center for the football team. But his spiritual impact was going to be in the band. And so he pursued that one. He made choices based on his priorities and his passions in order to focus his time to truly serve the Lord and not be anxious about everything, but to focus on the Lord. Seek first the kingdom of God. So sometimes in our academic life, it's also about the choices that we have around our academic life. If we'll settle down a little bit and not do so much, then, we can, then we'll have the energy to finish what we need to finish. And again, it's choices. And I know I hate that. I'm the bearer of bad news. Netflix and chill every night isn't always necessary. There are some nights I don't watch TV. Sorry. I know. I'm evil now. You don't like me. Your parents love me right now. They're about to hate me in a minute. So it's going to go both ways because you're going to be able to go home and go, hey, Dr. Baskin said something, and you're going to go and say it, and they're going to go, I don't like him. You ready? Uh, I'm getting to it. Hold on. So trust God with 24 hours in a day. Test it. See if it works. Number next. Let's talk about the difference between being perfect and being excellent. Because in academic life, it's about the hundreds, right? Got to make those hundreds. And we're like, can I just get some bonus points? What I got to do to get an A, teach? I'll tell you my own story. I learned this the hard way. And I had to be humbled. Still humbled because it still eats at me. My sophomore year, I made NHS, National Honor Society. Got it earlier than you're supposed to. Okay? So then, well, earlier than most people do. So I was, I was a nerd. Told you that. Sophomore year, junior year, senior year. Last six weeks. Y'all have six weeks or nine weeks? Nine weeks? Okay, we'll go with y'all's story. I'm going to change the story to fit you. Because we had six weeks. Last nine weeks, we had in senior English a thing called a literary analysis. Counted six times. Test grades. Six test grades. Literary analysis. Over some poem I couldn't even, or that I couldn't even tell you what it was about anymore. But I can tell you what grade I made on it. 86. Do you know what grade I needed to have in order to have an A in that class and maintain National Honor Society my last nine weeks of my senior year? 87. And she wouldn't give it to me. Begged her to give it to me. Told her, you realize I will lose National Honor Society and I will not walk with that white thing around my neck I'm the number seven person in my class. And I'm not walking around with that white thing around my neck that I've had for three years. And she said, I'm sorry. So I know. I know the difference between perfection and excellence. I know the pain. 
But you know what? I got one of these babies. Okay? All right. It's getting hot. All right. So we're done here. Okay. So let's get back to the important stuff. All right. Baseball. Anyway. Let me ask you a question. What do you think the difference is between perfection and excellence? Y'all talk to me. What's the difference? Perfection means you do everything right, but excellence means that you do most things right, but you try your hardest. Okay, so effort may have a play into it. Okay, God's only God is perfect. We can't be perfect. Good. Somebody else, what's the difference between perfectionism and excellence? Okay. Excellence involves our best efforts. Will? I was going to say excellence is something you can reach, but perfection is not. No. Good. Let's go back to Colossians chapter 3. Okay. Can we do that? It's similar to verse 17. But he's talking about bosses, which teachers in your context would be, would be a boss. Someone who tells you what to do. <clears throat> uh, verse 22, Colossians chapter 3. Bond servants, students, you're not really a slave. It's more of an employee type context, okay? So let's just use students. Students, obeying everything, those who are your earthly masters, teachers. Not by way of eye service or people pleasers. Stop right there. Athletic pet peeve. The guys that were in athletics that always outperformed when the coach walked by, but never did when the coach wasn't there. And the coach always said, good job, that's what I like to see. And I'm like, I should just hate it when that happened. I'd be killing it all practice and never noticed me. But the stud who jacks around the whole time, right when the coach turns around, he starts acting right. And the coach is like, that's the effort I want to see. Oh, my God. Okay. That's exactly what that's, that is. All right. People pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. There's that fear of the Lord again. That's the third time. You think God's trying to say something tonight? Mm, I wonder. 23. Excellence. Whatever you do, work heartily. Does that mean you have a word other than heartily? Passionately. Enthusiasm. Anybody else? All your heart. heart. Good. All right. As for the Lord, not for men. Um, If I'm a place. Okay. Knowing that from the Lord you will see the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord. Perfectionism is something that we cannot attain. Perfect is something only God grants us when we get to heaven. Excellence is effort. Providing our best. The band does not have to be perfect. The band worships with excellence. They bring their heart, they bring their efforts, they bring their energy, and they say, we're here to serve you, Lord. The challenge in academics is having that same mindset. The fear is not doing that. The fear is, I have to make 100 on this test. The fear is, I have to make an A. I have to maintain my GPA. Here's where temptation kicks in, though, and this is where caution has to be in facing the Goliath. 
Because if you're fearful of not maintaining a grade, then you're tempted to do what you need to do in order to keep the grade. What I mean by that is cheat. What can I do? What do I have to do to keep this grade? Who do I have to get help from? Who can help me? Maybe if I sit next to so-and-so, they'll let me look at their paper because I didn't prepare like I should have because I was up watching 13 things all night, binge watching. Okay? Spelling test, vocabulary test, math test. Hey, I didn't get the math done. Let me see yours so I can write everything down because I just don't get it and I need an A. If you fear the Lord, I'm telling you, this is a scary place to be. Parent, this, all right? this is where your parents aren't going to like me very much, and I got another one on top of this one. What if you gave, your God, gave God your best and a C was your best? You know what God would say? Well done. Well done. You have friends. We talked about this yesterday, last week. We have friends that will support us and help us. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Cheating will not make you wiser. Following hard after God and giving him your best will. But it is a scary place to walk out onto. To step out into faith and say, you know what? I'm going to follow after God and do the right thing and start doing it the right way as opposed to cutting corners so I can maintain that people-pleasing mentality of what everybody else sees and expects from me. I'm telling you it's scary. Let me give you three practical things, and we've hinted at this, and I'll, and I'll stop. Number one, I've already mentioned this. Some days you need to go without YouTube and Netflix and chill and game systems. You just need to go out without them. When I was in college, my grades started slipping. Not that, but actual college. I had a Super Nintendo. Did you know they're coming back out with that bad boy? I saw the news reports over the last couple of days. They're bringing it back out. That'll be kind of awesome. Um, I, I noticed uh, that my grades were slipping because we were playing punch out too much, trying to beat re- each other's records in the dorm. Um, and so we put it up in the closet so that our grades could get right. And then when our grades got back to where they were, we pulled it back out of the closet and we finished playing and beating records. You don't need to watch Netflix every night to chill out academically. You may need to focus on your academics. Number two, stop impressing everybody. Now, this is where your parents aren't going to like me very much. I'm going to put my PhD college hat on. I have a theory, and I think some of the college students have backed me up on this. Dual credit is easier and more beneficial than AP. Your parents won't like that because AP makes you look smart and makes you look cool, but it is way too hard and too expensive to barely get any credit for it because you may not get college credit for it. (laughs) Okay? But in Georgia, you can now basically go to college for free on dual credit with that Go thing that's just out now. So you can go to college, you can go to Georgia Highlands, get dual credit, make straight, get credit, get an A (laughs) at high school and an A at college at the same time. I'm just telling you from professional experience, and I've been preaching that for years, dual credit over AP. Um, here's the other hoax. A full transcript. I'm going to wrap this up. The lie is you have to have a full transcript in order to go to college. And what I mean by that is 14 different extracurricular activities. You need to be in Spanish club, teacher club, English club. 
you need to play tennis, basketball, track, cross country, um, FCA, NHS. What else am I missing? Oh, yeah, church. Okay, did you see what I just did there? That was intentional. They tell you to fill up everything because that's what colleges are looking for. Can I tell you what colleges are looking for? Money. Make it rain, okay? You're old school, Johnny Menzel, okay? No, let me be honest with you. Here's what they're looking for. You need to do well on SAT, SAT. ACT, SAT. Prep for it. Pay the money to get taught how to do it, and then go do really well on it. You'll get more money coming out your ears you know what to do with, and they'll let you go no matter what your GPA is. Because my brother's proof of that. Younger brother. Loafed in school, got a higher ACT score than I did. Every school in the state of Texas was begging him to come and throwing money at him. I worked hard my whole high school life, had a lower ACT score, and he gets more money. I'm still jealous of that. He reminds me of it, too. We've been out of college for 20 years, okay? Pursue depth. Find something you're passionate about and go do it. If it's golf, then go be a great golfer. Don't let everything else stress you out so you can't be passionate about what you're good at. If you like piano, play piano. Be really good at it. Find what you love and go do it. Call of Duty is not one of those options. Oh, called you out. Sorry about that. <laughs> He's wearing the T-shirt. <laughs> Being a believer isn't either. Okay, I got all right. Equal opportunity. <laughs> all right. Sorry when when the Holy Spirit just vomits it out. I can't help it. It just happens. Find what you're passionate about. Pursue it. If you feel like God's calling you to be an educator, then get a, get involved in at some kind of an education club and just pour your heart into it. Leadership will come. Let's say you don't get voted to one leadership position in high school. So what? Come pour into your church. That's leadership. Work children's ministry, work preschool ministry, um, come be a greeter. There are leadership opportunities in your church, and you don't have to worry about being voted in by your peers, which is basically a popularity contest anyway. Not that I'm bitter. Um, Okay? Okay? The last one, perfection's a lie. We've already talked about that. And we lie to ourselves trying to obtain it, and we'll lie to others in order to achieve it. Excellence is where, it at, where it's at, because that's what God expects of us. All he wants of us is ourselves. Same with salvation. All he asks you to do is come and believe. He did not ask you to be perfect. He did not ask you to fix your problems first and then come to him. He fixed them for you. Do you trust him? That's really what it boils down to. The scary part is we want to take it and have to own it because everybody puts the pressure on us to achieve it. And they say, it's all on you. You got to, you got to, you got to. Well, if you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit's walking with you right down that same road too. So that's my challenge. And I know some of you may be really struggling the expectations or the fears and the struggles. I'd love to pray with you, talk to you about that. Um, if I can help in any way, point you in the right direction, you're struggling with what should I do with my life or you want to troubleshoot some academic issues, I'd love to get creative with you and help you with that. I just want to be a minister for you and support you in that. Um, Let me pray for us and then Ryan or Ben will, will close us out.